is that I never ask my clients to judge me on my winners. I ask them to judge me on my losers because I have so few. What's up, bitches? Tell them to bring me my money. Okay, we are back. It is the It's Just Money podcast presented by Vigit. Um, happy Turkey Day, everyone. We are one day away. Today is Wednesday, November 24th, and you're listening to episode 44. Um, we have a lot of college football to touch on today. It is rivalry week, which I am very thankful for. So add that to the list of things I can be thankful for at this Thanksgiving. Um, Schaefer is not with us tonight, um, and that might not be a bad thing. No, it, it might have been the better thing that has happened. We should give it a code, like say a code word. And so let's make sure he's listened to it. All right. And we'll do it like at a random time. We'll just come yes. up with a code word. We'll say it and he has to tell us what it is. So we know he's paying attention and listening. Got it. I like that. I like that. He better be listening because the guy needs some winners. Um, JP and I went eight and six last weekend. Um, that five-way parlay I gave out hit. Um, and honestly, JP probably should have been five and three. My tasty teaser hit. Yeah. Yep. Tasty teaser is in. Um, it, I actually like the board a lot this week. There's some some lines that don't make sense in my head, which means um, that's not good. But there are also some lines that just reek like Michigan and Ohio State. But we'll dive into all of it later. Um, Schaefer went three and seven last week. I don't know if I like how to mention that like silently. Yeah. Um, it needs a bounce back week. I'll tell you. Um, it's a lot. Yeah. So if Schaefer, I know you're listening. Um, we're thinking about you, buddy. And write these down. We do have Schaefer's plays. Um, we will talk about them really briefly um, and mention them. And then tonight we also have Tyler Walgie joining the show. Once again, a good friend of the podcast returning to talk a little college football. Um, another week of college football playoff rankings come out. So we are getting closer to the playoff and the final rankings that you will see before conference championship week. Um, most of the conference championship games are pretty set in stone. There are a couple up for grabs um, and there's a couple that I just don't even fucking know. So mm-hmm. it's a, it's a little confusing, but we'll get through it. Um, JP, how are you and how did your betting weekend go? I'm good, man. I'm good. Going to be a good weekend going home. That's why, you know, we're doing this today early. Everybody's doing the old travel. Um, probably the first, I, pretty close to the first, you know, holiday that's a little more open from COVID, I'd say. You know, like yeah. people are going to see in family. Uh, so I'm excited for it. Can't complain. Uh, to be honest, four and three was good. I I thought I had a chance to do better. Again, that's just how, you know, the world works. But I'll take four and three and hit the tasty teaser and feel good about myself. So uh, going into rivalry weekend, I don't like as much as much as I liked the board last week. But sometimes that's a good thing. You can get like yeah. set yourself out in the opposite direction. There are those weeks where you like don't even like the board is the board and you now hate it or love it. And rivalry week is usually up there with one of those weeks and it can be great or it can really fuck you. So it's a tough week to bet on sports, but I'm excited for it. I love watching college football rivalry week and JP, we're going to, we're going to stay level. Um, Iowa, Nebraska this weekend. Um, Adrian Martinez is out, but we'll touch on the game a little bit later. The line has jumped because of it. Uh, but let's 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 go into it. Actually, I, I mean, everybody knows how I went. I went uh, four and three as well. I hit a plus three seventy nine five way money line parlay. Made me up. Made me up in units for the weekend. Um, so that's good. I got money to bet with this weekend, and we do have the plays. They are in the play. The week is in, and 
everybody that dropped our play of the week. Fuck you. Thirty-seven is the play you picked out of that. Come on, every other play was at least close or hit. Okay. I think Army needs a pulse. Like, yeah, that was, wow. I did. I and and people, you know, they're not listening. Whoever voted on that, because they would have known that Schaefer picked that one, <laughs> and then they probably wouldn't have picked it. Also, Buffalo's offense is awful. Um, okay. Let's dive into it. Let's go college football playoff rankings. They just released Cincinnati is in at four. It's the first time a group of five team has been in the college football top 25, top four. Um, so what are we, what are our takeaways? Obviously they blow SMU out of the water, 48 to 14. They looked fantastic. Yeah. Like what I played against them last week. And honestly, not that like their confidence burst when I picked against them or, you know, that was something to play for, but. Yeah, good for them. I mean, they did exactly what they're expected to do, and they just happened to do it against the best team, you know, probably in the last six weeks they've played. So good for them. Happy that they're in. Good for them. Honestly, they're, the better news for them, honestly, is that Michigan and Ohio State have to play each other, and Oklahoma and Oklahoma State have to play each other, and Georgia's got to play Alabama still. Like, there's a lot going on that still helps them, even if they weren't in. If they're sitting at five or six, I see that as it didn't matter if they were in or not this week. There's just so much around them that has to go right. Now, granted, they got to beat Houston in a couple weeks, but I mean, they got to feel pretty good right now. Right, and that's honestly where I was at too. Is they they really pretty much took away any chance that they could not win their conference, or they didn't. They earned every style point they could against SMU. That was a game where I think Schaefer had a plus eleven and a half, so that's bad. But that that team just looked good, man. Desmond Ritter looked really, really good. Um, it could have been the red jerseys; those things are beautiful. Why do they keep wearing the red helmets? Do they like them that much? I don't know, but they have a top five creative team when they announce their uniforms a week I've ever seen. I like the black helmets, like their original blacks. Yeah, the all black or the – I like that when they go white pants with stuff. I like that look. Yeah, they did, didn't they go to Notre Dame wear red helmet, white jersey, black pants? Yes. That was a weird combination. It is a weird combination. The red jersey last week looked really, really good, though. Um, but they do love those red helmets. But they, they were really impressive, so they're in. Um, obviously, other than that, it's the same. Uh, Georgia's at the top. They're going to remain there. They're a 35-and-a-half-point 35 favorite, actually, this weekend in rivalry week. Granted, they have Georgia Tech, and Georgia Tech just got absolutely demolished. Um, however, Clemson, they looked pretty good. That's another game we should probably touch on from last week is Wake Forest got murdered. By Clemson. They came back down to earth a little bit. You know, Clemson showed up against a bad defense and had a good day offensively, which you have to do if you're that team with those athletes and that prowess, you know. Um, the defense was good. We knew the defense was good. Wake really struggled with them, though, like really struggled. So good for them. Clemson's back in the rankings. They're right where they should be. They shouldn't be any higher. Um, not that, like, it's a big thing, but I think Houston at 24 is better than San Diego State at 21. That's a small, like, group of five thing. Uh, but I think the AAC is better than the Mountain West. And I think Houston has had, I don't know, they've looked more impressive to me than San Diego State. Like, they're well-rounded. San Diego State can't score. Like, and we've seen that. We've watched games with them. Um, and BYU is just kind of sitting around over there. Like, they're just kind of hovering, like, 10 to 15. And I haven't watched BYU uh, as much lately. But, I mean, they must be a decent football team if they're getting that much love, right? Like, they've swept their – or swept their Pac-12 slate, so. Yeah, I mean, BYU, they just had that tough loss early in the year. Uh, kind of, and then once those group of five teams lose a game, 
like people kind of write them off, but they're just going to hang around. They'll probably be that, that group of five team. If Cincinnati ends up getting in, they'll be that group of five team that slides in one of the games that are, that are bigger. The bowl mm-hmm. games are going to be absolutely fantastic because teams beat everybody this year and there's no like set dominant team other than Georgia. Yeah. So we can get you guys in games and playing them and not opting out. They will be awesome. Yeah, that's true. Right. That's been a very, very big thing the last few years is with the playoff teams opting out of bowl games. Understandably mm-hmm. with COVID, um, teams were more apt to do that, but I hope it avoids it because I do love a good bowl season. I, I think bowl season is up there with neck and neck with March Madness. Dead serious. Yeah. Schaefer would be so mad if he heard that. He's probably punching his steering wheel in his car. Actually, Schaefer doesn't like March Madness. Oh, he doesn't like March Madness, which is something we will definitely dive into as the, like, the weeks and months go. Yeah. I still crazy for it. It's, he's, his whole premise is that there's too much fluke in it. There should be as many upsets as they are. It did, like the teams that are winning, you know, putting on the, sil- or the glass slipper Cinderella-wise shouldn't even be in the tournament is basically what his whole thing. But then on the flip side, he wants an expanded college football playoff when I feel like basketball's like usually a closer-knit group in talent-wise and like teams and um, kind of separating themselves and then football is, right? Like football, you can, dis- like you can distance some people between team-team. So I don't, it's an interesting way to look at it for Schaefer. Yeah, Jake. So if you're listening, fix your thoughts. Um, okay, let's jump to college football picks. Uh, we're going to get this rolling. We're going to bring Walji in. He'll share some of his picks. And you'll probably re-listen to our picks a little after our picks are given. We'll go to that interview. Um, but we're excited to have him on. So, Yeah, let's, uh, let's do this weird little segment I got here. Okay, let's lead off with that, actually. I like that. Then we'll go to picks really fast. Let's, let's you know, we're thankful for everything we're going on. And we're thankful for uh, – a good little banter and stuff. So this is what's going to happen. I'm going to have a little game. Parks is going to guess the current national champion in these, not odd sports, but not the big sports in the NCAA. So, for example, first one is women's field hockey. All right. You got to give me who you think is the current national champion. Women's field hockey. I'm trying to think yeah. of highlights I may have saw from absolutely degenerate gambling accounts. Um. Women's field hockey. I'll give you a hint. They're on the they're west of the Mississippi. Wait, just kidding. They're east of the Mississippi. Yeah, I, I don't know that. why I said west. I was looking at the wrong one. Okay. East of the Mississippi. My initial thought was a Big East team. I just feel like I always see them in field hockey. Am I even near it with the Big East team? Uh, no. <laughs> Shit. It's a Power Five conference. Well, it's Power Five. Okay, that's helpful. Uh, west of Mississippi. Um, no, east of Mississippi. East, yeah, not west. Don't say it. it's not west. Geography is not that hard. I just messed it up. Power five. Florida State. No, it is Northwestern. <laughs> Northwestern is currently the women's field hockey national champions. They won last year 2 0 over Liberty. I could, you could have made up a school name. I would have believed you. I'm not uh, I think that's just. Currently, University of Iowa ranked in the top five, one of the, you know, the picks to win the national championship. So, okay. shout out. Number one, Northwestern. Love it. Yep. All right. Men's swimming and diving. Ooh. <laughs> Power five or no? Yep. Power five school, men's swimming and diving. I'm trying to think. School, it's got to be, it's got to be like a co-school, right? Like that's where the swimmers would go? Technically, yeah. 
Oh, shit. Not the school itself, but the state does border. Okay. Um, or the Gulf, whatever you want. I'm going to go North Carolina State. No. Texas right now. Texas? Texas. What the hell? Currently, they've won 15. That's a dynasty. That is a dynasty. There. Oh, They're a swimming school. Yep, big swimming school. They ain't a football school. That's that's, <laughs> that's damn sure. Subtle jabs at Texas in the football program by way of their men's swimming and diving teams. All right. Do you think it like flips on campus? Like when they go to class, it's usually the football players are like the high and mighty above. Oh, yeah. You think you like the get, are like, shut up. Team, right. Baseball team, basketball team, football team all get bullied by the men's swimming and diving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the te- baseball. It's baseball that they're really good to. So let's not just the baseball and the swimmers just gang up on the football team like <laughs> losers. It's just the opposite of every other school. Okay, next sport. Speaking of swimming, remember when we went and saw that movie uh, Crawl? Is that the movie with the, the yep. alligators? I immediately thought Florida because of that movie, but it wasn't Florida. You know, average it, movie. He's on the swimming swimming team in Florida. We're not. Yes. All right, men's tennis. Why do I feel like I I should know this? Like I actually like tennis a lot. Um, like should, let me fix that. I I like playing tennis. There you go. I don't watch tennis very much. Um, the noises make me uncomfortable. Um, power five as well. Yep. Men's tennis. This is uh, below the Mason Dixon line. That doesn't do me any service. You know what the Mason Dixon um, line is? Okay. Nope. Well, I'm a gambler. It's um, it's south of Tennessee. Is it Mississippi State? No. Florida. Florida? Yeah, mean, Florida. That's a trick question. <laughs> it was a trick question. That was an inadvertent, you know, steer around. All right, last one. Oh, wait. Just kidding. I excited it. We got to figure this out. Panic mode is set in. Yeah, and you know you ain't going to remember it. You just looked up and found it. All right. Women's fencing. That's not a real thing. That is. It's incidentally sanctioned. I'm looking at it right now. Power five? Yeah. Okay. Um, who would be a big fencing school? UConn. That's not even power five. Think like, think uh, not like preppy, but like private, you know? Private pressing. No. Georgetown. Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Okay. I think they, think okay. they go in their helmets and that too, or their masks, whatever they are. Do they have conferences in fencing? Like, is that a real thing? I don't know if there's conferences. I'm just looking at Notre Dame. Yeah. 2021 or 2020 fencing national champions. That's unbelievable. I, I mean, learn, you learn something new every day. I just learned four new things. I wouldn't even fucking, I was not even close on anything. <laughs> But, that was the last one. That's I think it's hilarious to look up some of those sometimes. Yeah, I mean, you, you, I just found out that women's fencing was a NC, NCAA sanctioned sport. Like, yeah, I saw that. Did not know that until about 15 minutes ago. I thought for sure you were going to pull out like a trap shooting or something. That is, I don't know if they had trap shooting. They might. I, I mean, I think Nebraska's trap shooting team is really good, or trap team, or whatever they call it. Well, maybe it's not NCAA sanctioned, but they have one. Do you think they play Trap Queen by Fetty Wap at those meets? I think... 
I feel like it's in the bylaws that you have to. Yeah, <laughs> you definitely have to. <laughs> okay, let's go to college football picks. We'll go back to what we actually think we know we're talking about. Um, so let's go. Obviously, we'll just alternate. I'll go you first, then I'll go. How many plays do you have? I have six. Um, Five plus the play of the week. I got four and a couple leans. Okay, sounds good. Let's talk through the leans first. All right, let's talk through the leans first. Currently, I'm leaning Notre Dame minus 19. Um, to be honest with you, this is just a team that's playing really well. They got to keep winning football games, and they got to do, do so, you know, really showing out um, and winning by big margins. I think if you're looking at where Notre Dame is right now, I think they like their chances to get into the playoff, right? Like, things got to happen for them, but if Oklahoma loses or wins this week, they're probably going to get Oklahoma State again, and then, you know, that would give Oklahoma State two losses, and it, it would just – there's a lot of places to open up for them. So, I like That's Notre Dame. That's a football team. That's a, the Notre Dame winning up winning, beating Georgia Tech 55 nothing, And then you got to look at the other side. Stanford's about the lowest they can go. They haven't even competed yeah. in teams. And they – Washington they've State. Had, they've had issues ever since they lost their quarterback. Uh, he did start the year, came in, got hurt, and now they're just sitting there kind of dragging. Um, David Shaw and the Cardinal just – they don't look good, and it doesn't matter that they're at home because nobody's going to be there. Their last three games, a loss against Utah, 52-7, to a loss to Oregon State, 35-14, to and Wolf. a loss to Cal, 41-11. to Wolf, yeah, my point exactly. Yeah, no, I don't think that's a lean. I think that's a good play. I just said it earlier before we, we mentioned the game when I was talking through my plays, and I mm-hmm. said, Stanford, that's too many points. It's not too many points. I haven't even looked at them the last three weeks. I'm just thinking, this team beat Oregon. That's too many points. That's a fucking dumb thought on my part. Notre Dame's just got to show up, and I think they know they have to. So that's why I think that's plenty. Notre Dame's that sneaking around team. People roll them out. They're sitting right there, man. They just need a couple things to go their way, and they're 100% possible. Yep. No, I agree. I don't think it's a bad play at all. I like that play. I would lean yes. Okay, next lean. I like, or lean, lean, but I like it. I lean it. UNLV Air Force under 50. Now, this is an interesting game, probably one that there's not going to be a lot of people watching, to say the I least. I guarantee you that there will not be a lot of people watching. <laughs> but UNLV, UNLV is 2-9 and nine currently, um, and Air Force is 8-3. and three. UNLV is a terrible offense, can't score. Air Force has played really good defense the entire year. Now, they've played the Mountain West schedule, which I think has really helped. There are a lot of – or traditionally, there's a lot of, you know, really good offenses out in the Mountain West. Um, and Air Force is no exception with their ability to run the ball. I mean, they're ranked number one in the country in rush yards. Um, they're averaging 325 rush yards a game. I think that's more total yards than Iowa. <laughs> Put together an entire game. You're, you're still on these, these uh, armed forces plays, and I Dude, love I love the armed forces. I, I, I was easy to burn. Army plays Liberty this week, and usually I back Liberty, but, I mean, watch out here. Army might give them problems. Liberty can't stop a soul. Yeah, and Army is coming off a win that is looked fine, but really wasn't fine. You messed it up. Not good. Not good. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out Army for that absolute piddle of a showing. But that's I, think, a, I think that's my first loss in any Army game this year. Air Force, Air Force under – I'm going to leave that one up to you. You're the armed forces expert because I really don't have an opinion. I don't know. I really don't know. I think if the defense is as good as you're saying, then, then yeah, the under is fine. It's in Colorado Springs. It's going to be uh, 
I don't know how cold it's going to be in Colorado this week. It looks like it's going to be warmer around the Midwest right now, or for the weekend at least. Yeah, no, I think it's a it's a fair lean, but kind of yeah, lean that. That kind of stinks. But I under what did you say? Fifty four. Fifty. Fifty. I mean, shit, that's a low over under compared to some games this weekend. So I don't think it's a bad play. I do have an under on my card that I will get to. But let's go into the actual picks. JP, lead us off with a real pick and tell us why. For sure, uh, I will take. Ohio minus six. Ohio is playing not tonight, not doing the match in, in the midweek, but rather they are playing on Friday at 11 a.m. Now, it's going to be tough for me to watch this one for reasons that have been stated um, or will be stated. We didn't dive too deep into that. Iowa-Nebraska 11 a.m. kick on Friday as well. Um, Ohio have been playing good football. They stay within the number usually with their dogs, and Bowling Green's bad. Even though they have a good ATS is seven and four, um, but I like Ohio. I think Ohio runs the ball really well. I think Bowling Green is just yeah, – they're just swimming around looking for anything to go their way. And, honestly, I think Ohio is a great play right here. Simply fading a bad football team. Um, not saying Ohio is great, but they're much, much, much better than the bottom of the MAC, which is Akron and Bowling Green. Right. No, I – I don't know. It's just I'm my initial thought is Bowling Green has been such a bad football team in the past, but they actually beat a really good, really, really good Minnesota team. Yeah, Minnesota's, you know, trying to save my life right here this weekend, going beating Wisconsin since Nebraska didn't do it last week. Um, but hey, Nebraska won that ATS for me. I knew I was right the whole week. I I was just like, do it. Nebraska had their chance, man. They always do. Yeah. So I'll take Ohio, and they're just going to run the football all over a Bowling Green team that is not good. Yeah, and also Nebraska and Iowa, 12.30 kick. New 12.30. They're doing a le- like 12.30 us? 12.30 us. Oh, that no. was usually a noon or 11. Eastern kick. Oh, well. That's a weird time, but all right. It is a weird time. What do you want in the Midwest? No kidding. <laughs> um, okay, let's jump to one of my plays. I don't think it's a bad play, though. I like that play. Um, I will lead it off. With Arkansas minus 15 at home against a really, really bad Missouri team. Um, it's a one-unit play. I think 15 is fine. I think Arkansas wins by three scores. I think 17 is really in the wheelhouse of what they'll win by. Arkansas coming off a heartbreaking loss um, against Alabama where they kind of showed some life that people didn't expect. Uh, where they only lost by seven. And Alabama's had a couple of those close games now, but I think Arkansas rolls against Missouri. Missouri is just a bad football team, and I think K.J. Jefferson has another big day. Yeah, senior day, they're going to roll the football all over Missouri. Um, They're probably just last time in front of the home fans uh, for Sam Pittman, and probably his, you know, he's been with this class for, what, two years now? This is his second year Mm -hmm. at Arkansas. So, you know, he's been with that class a little more. And as those years go, like, your senior class means more and more to you. So, you know, your senior class that loves him down there. Everybody loves him down there. Um, actually got the sweatshirt on from Fayetteville right now. But, sure. yeah, I think they have an opportunity to just manhandle that team. Yeah, I don't – see, I, that's why I was confused. I thought that line would be at, like, 21 at least. So, 15, I feel pretty comfortable there, especially with that 17 margin of victory that's in my head. Um, I, I saw some 15 and a half on some books, but – 15 is what I got, and 15 is what I'll take. So I think three touchdowns or three scores is is plenty, is plenty, because Missouri is awful. Give awful. us another play. We want to give one of Schaefer's? Um, yeah, uh, let's pull up the line. I don't know what exact line that I he got. For it right here. He likes Kansas State plus three against Texas, and I think we all know why he does. Um, 
Skyler Thompson, man, that sucks for him last week going down with an injury. You don't want to see that. He's been through so much there at Kansas State. He's the lifeblood of that program. Um, but they go down to Austin to play Texas this week, who's still reeling, still not very good. It, there's just a lot going on. So I think he likes the plus three for the simple fact that um, he just doesn't think Texas has what, you know, a lot of toughness or anything within them to, you know, win that football game. So he's got, remember, Schaefer has Kansas State plus three. Right. And, and that's something where you have to look at too. Um, home field advantage is really not going to be in play because if you look at the crowd against Kansas in a competitive game, there's nobody there. So if you yeah. think that team was given up upon then, think after they go to West Virginia and lose again. Nobody gives a shit about this game, and I, I think it's a great spot for Kansas State to roll in there and win. Yeah, and uh, I'd like to mention Schaefer is on is on Notre Dame. He's on Notre Dame. Like yeah. in my league, he is on Schaefer's a big Notre Dame guy. He, he likes to bet Notre Dame. He kind of is, right? I thought yeah. so, too. Um, okay. Uh, Give us another play. West Virginia. I will take West Virginia. They play Kansas. We're going to fade Kansas. Um, to be honest with you, West Virginia is playing good football. I've won some money on them in the recent weeks. And to go into Lawrence um, with Lance Leopold's first graduate in class and senior day and all that stuff, I just think West Virginia is a better football team. So I will take West Virginia. I believe that line's 15. Um, I think they just, they're just going to beat a bad Kansas team. I mean, end of story there. So. That's what I'll play. Love it. Okay, I'm going to jump to the Big 12. I'm going to take Baylor minus 14 at home against Texas Tech. Texas Tech coming off a shutout loss against Oklahoma State, who has a very good defense. But I think this Baylor team has been kind of unexpected and still going under the radar a little bit. Talking about a team that beat Oklahoma, their only loss of the season last two weeks ago now, um, and their home field definitely has an effect. So I think there will be they will show out. Baylor ranked 11th currently. Um, Texas Tech, not a good football team. Iowa State, they had their one moment. Their yeah. Iowa State was their one moment, I think. Yeah, and it's over because they got last week. What a way to come down from that high, just get shut out. Shut out. I mean, Oklahoma State's defense is exceptional, so it's understandable, but also Baylor is very, very good, and they're going to score a lot of points. And they got to win that game, too, if they have any hope of getting into the Big 12 title. They need an Oklahoma State win, and they need to win themselves. So. Yeah. The lock- Oklahoma State's dialed in. Oklahoma State's locked in. This is something we've talked about when we do bowl season, right? You know, when you get into like the last weeks of the year and bowl season, it is like what meaning is behind this game for these teams? Like what motivation do they have to win these games and show up? And I think if you're Baylor, you have to show up. Like, you, and you don't have a choice. So they have to show up. They have to play really well. Um, it's the same if you look other places around the country, and I'm sure we'll touch on. But I think that's always a really key piece to obviously we'll hint into when bowl season comes around and obviously we'll touch on it now because it is not as big of a factor, but still a big deal. Like you can't just be laying points with a team who maybe like Texas, who feels like they've kind of given up and just kind of like brushed 2021 to the side. That's definitely something that we're probably going to bring up here in a little bit in our interview with Walji is we kind of interviewed him in the same area last year. Um, where we're talking about motivation and why a teams are there and what they're playing for. So I'm sure that conversation will come up a little bit later. JP, give us another play. Yeah, I believe Schaefer's on this one as well. Um, yes, I believe he is. So this, the Egg Bowl down in Mississippi, this one I've gone back and forth on. Not necessarily back and forth, but it's either one side or no play for me at all. The one side I play is Mississippi State minus one. Now, you're going to kind of wonder, oh, but Mississippi or Ole Miss has a better team. They've already won nine games. 
Um, they've showed up and they've already slowed down big time offenses. Correct. They did go to Tennessee and win that game. Um, but I feel like there's just a lot more here for Mississippi state to play for. Like this is one of the more meaningful rivalries. Like yeah. no this matter what Thursday night, we got to mention that's Thursday night. So people um, that are looking to watch this or even play it know when it is Thursday night, Thanksgiving night. Um, the main reason I kind of like this though is Mississippi state has a really good defensive front. The front four on that defense, on the defensive line, is really solid. They're seventh in the country right now, or averaging, you know, less than 100 yards given up on the ground per game. And Ole Miss likes to run the football. Like, people think Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin, air it out. They'll do that, but they like to lean on the run, too. So, I think there's, you know, strength and strength right there. But then when you flip to Mississippi State and their offense in an actual air raid with Mike Leach, they throw for over 400 yards a game. They are very solid through the year. Ole Miss has struggled on that defensively. So I think there's a mismatch. If I can match my strength with your strength, and then my strength absolutely pummels, you know, your biggest weakness, I think that's enough. And you're at home, right? Like that. this tells me that if this was a neutral site game, like it might be Ole Miss minus three or minus two and a half, right? So I would think so, yes. That's what I would think too. And so I like this. Like I I think at home – uh, Mississippi State's played good football. They, you got to remember, they went and um, ups or beat Auburn after being down twenty-eight-three. That's what uh, I'm saying. That's another point to bring up is they are a team that plays and handles adversity incredibly well. Most teams, when they're down twenty-to-three in any football game, pretty much roll over or they don't have a chance to get up. They can't. They I don't know what they scored twenty-eight unanswered to take the lead and then padded it with a touchdown at the end. I think they scored forty unanswered and won that game like forty-three twenty-eight. Like it was. Oh, oh my God! You imagine being a fan of Auburn in that situation, no. like our friends down that we met in Fayetteville. <laughs> Auburn also lost to South Carolina last week. Let's Auburn does not have Bo Nix this weekend. Iron Bowl does not mean much. So, yeah. um, the under is five and zero in the last five meetings um, between these two. Just something to look at. I am not going to do that at all, considering what these offenses can do. So, yeah, I'm going to take probably Mississippi state and I'll probably take this just the one. Cause I think the money line is a little more juiced at this moment. It is. And um, okay. Let's jump to another play. I'm going to take an under in the Hawaii and Wyoming game. It's for the simple fact that Wyoming is playing better. However, they still do not score. They don't score the football and their defense does not give up. Most of their games are incredibly low scoring and you're rolling in a Hawaii team. That's making one hell of a trip to play in Laramie and weather that I cannot imagine is going to be good. Um, so I'll take the under 48 is what I have. Under 48 points, and I think I will be incredibly safe there. I think Wyoming probably wins the game 17 to 7. So, 7. Yes, I think we are going to be well under 48 points, and I like that bet quite a bit. Okay, give us a play for Schaefer. Schaefer is on Georgia. I think we were laughing about this a little bit before the pod started. He likes <laughs> – Georgia minus 35, might be 35 and a half now um, against Georgia Tech. He thinks they're just going to boat race their opponent um, and rival. I don't know if they're really – I can't imagine that's that big of a rivalry down there anymore. Well, no, not just – I think it's just because Georgia Tech sucks. Yeah, it's a good point. Like, this is not uh, the Paul Johnson Georgia Tech teams of the early 2010s. This is a, a Georgia Tech team that has lost their way a little bit. So Coming off a 55 to 0 loss, Georgia Tech team. Yeah, they just got – Pummel last week, so they ain't a lot to play for if you're the Texters down there. 
Correct. Very, very true. Um, okay, let's take, take us to another play from you. Yeah, for sure. Um, for me, like just looking around and seeing what there is, um, I have the Tasty Teaser. I'm not going to give that out yet. That'll be the last thing I give out. Um, I don't know why, but I truly feel like North Carolina State has the ability to just, I don't know, six is a lot. I've gone back and forth on this, giving your thoughts on North Carolina State, North Carolina. North Carolina um, State by six. That game's scary because North Carolina, obviously that team that's very, very highly ranked coming into the year, and they just kind of fell off the table. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have a North Carolina State team that likes to not show up for games. However, this is a different story where it's kind of not, not an option for them at this point. Yeah, they have – like, the race, it means a shit ton. Mm -hmm. So I, I like – if I was going to lean a play, I would play North Carolina State for sure. But obviously Sam Howell is a little bit scary. Yeah, but North Carolina State's got a good defense. Um, they've shown up majority of the year. Um, and they're ranking 17th in total yards given up. Obviously, we know North Carolina and Sam Howell can do an offense ranking in the top 10. Um, but I think the line of six is a little much. Um, maybe we tease that. Maybe we do something else. But that would be my last lean or even possible play is North Carolina State minus the six just because I think the defense on one side is much better than the other. Uh, so I know what I'm going to get out of a bad North Carolina defense and a solid um, Leary-led North Carolina State offense and vice versa. So That's a more meaningful game, too, when we're talking about rivalries. Um, honestly, coming into the year, if you would have asked people who would win that game, I think the answer would have been North Carolina by 20. And mm -hmm. now just that just shows you how much the college football season has changed things, and North Carolina just did not play anywhere sniffing their potential. Oh, not even close. But, okay, let's, I'm going to jump to another play. I'm going to take this is my one of my favorite plays of the week. And honestly, I thought it was going to be in talks for play of the week. And we didn't even mention it until after we had decided. But I love Arizona State minus 20. I have lost so many bets this year. And even somebody I work with said, you're betting on Arizona State again? Yes, because this line is dumb. It's dumb. Arizona is fucking awful. They, just because they win a game does not mean – that they are a halfway decent football team. They are still awful. And Arizona State is still not bad. 20 is not enough, not even close to enough. You're looking at a team. I played the over last year in this game, and I remember it went over in the second quarter. Arizona State won this game last year 77-7. to There's nothing there. Not much has changed. Not much has changed. It's still a meaningful game. These teams hate each other. They yeah. hate each other. And Arizona has got, like, they've played teams a little stingier this year, for sure. Um, but, man, if you just look at the matchup and how they stack up against each other, it's not pretty for them in this. Like, they can't stop the run. Arizona State and Jane Daniels can throw it on you or run the ball well. Their offense can't score, but in Arizona State plays really good defense. Like, I get it's a rivalry game, but when, like, things match up like that, it kind of makes you think, like, the better team is the better team. Like, I thought this spread would be 30, minimum. <laughs> So when I saw 20, I was like, give me that. I'll take that right now. It's still at 20. Take it right now if you're listening. It's still at 20. It's insane. Even if it's 20 and a half now, take the damn thing. They're going to win by 35 points. It's unreal how bad Arizona is. And this game always means a lot to both these teams. I remember last year, I think it was, um, Arizona like spray painted on Arizona State's field. And it was like a big deal. And so like they ran it up, their coach said, because they – did some stupid shit. There's always stupid shit that happens this game, and it ends up in a fucking blowout because Arizona is awful. So give me like, Arizona State. Me if I'm wrong, but this duel in the desert, right? 
Yeah. This is like one of those things, like those two schools are really big. They're really big. Like, especially for us Midwestern people, we know a lot of people go down there just because like, oh, I'm going to Arizona. I'm going to Arizona State just because like the lifestyle party mm-hmm. aspect of it, right? This feels like one of the more fair weather rivalries of all time, right? Like people just say like, you know, you know, go Devils, fuck AU or Arizona or whatever, but they don't really care or matter. They just say it all the time. That's right. shit. Arizona is one of those teams that it's like, and Arizona State, mostly Arizona State, where they have a shit ton of students, and not one of them outside of the players on the football team are there because of football. They don't go to Arizona State to be like, I want to really, I really want to go to Arizona State football games. Like nobody cares. Nope, uh, it's uh, that's West Coast football though. We've been over that before. That is very true. Um, okay, do you have another lean for us or a Schaefer play? I think Schaefer's got two more plays we haven't mentioned. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Schaefer likes Florida. Interesting, right? That is very interesting. Just fired Dan Mullen. They're having a rivalry week. It is. I about fumbled the word rivalry. A lot of R's in that word. Rivalry week. Rivalry week. Rivalry week. Oh, my goodness. Somebody help me. Give me a class. Florida is bad. He, he likes Florida minus three against Florida State. Don't know why. He didn't give me an explanation. <laughs> I just think this is a, a weird spot to like Florida, especially because Florida State has been playing better and better. So yeah, they have. I mean, they won they're games. coming off a huge win. Yeah, they won two straight games. I, I, that's all I'm saying is two five and six teams in the state of Florida that are very good this year. I will stay away, but Florida, Schaefer's play. All right. right. And then he's got one more. If you have another one, you go. I'll make sure I get this the line right on this. Okay, uh, my last play before play of the week is LSU plus six and a half at home against A&M. Um, this is solely based on the fact. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Okay. Because I'm looking at LSU as a team that went into Tuscaloosa and lost a game by six where they were a 19 point underdog. I don't think Texas A&M is that team. I think that they had their one shining moment. Um, similar, very similar to the team we mentioned earlier. And they are a team that also did not show up against Ole Miss. And you were talking about death Valley night game, a ranked team coming in. That place is going to be rocking. I like six and a half. I think that's too many points. And I honestly think LSU wins the game outright. I might sprinkle the money line here. Um, LSU is not a bad football team. They're not where they were. Be a great yes. call out. If you call this out and hit it, like it would be a great call. It would be one of the better ones of the year, I'd say. Because there's not a lot of people looking in the same direction you are. But sometimes off the beaten path is really good in these situations. LSU, I just think it's too many points. You're not people. Death Valley is a fucking hard place to play. A lot of people rank it up there with the greatest college football atmosphere. It's something I will definitely experience before I die, but I just think that's too many points against a really, really hit or miss Texas A&M team. Gotcha. Okay. I, 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 for some reason, would lean the other way, but I'm not going to play it. For, like, everything you just said, like, I just don't feel like that's a good spot for A&M. Right. Uh, okay. Give us another lean of your own or – no, Schaefer has one more play, right? The last play from Schaefer, yeah. Okay. Schaefer likes Wazoo – in the Apple Cup against Washington. This is a pick or minus one. Um, he will I play. Like Again, I don't mind this one. Now that I'm kind of looking at it and diving into it a little more, you kind of look at what – like Washington still played really good defense. They're not very good against the rush, but that's not what Washington State wants to do. They're really good against the pass, but Washington State throws the ball really well. Um, they just got to win this football game, and I think it's 100% possible for them to win the Apple Cup. So – Washington State is seven and five, man. I mean, if I would have told you Washington State was seven and five and Washington was, you know, four and eight, if this goes in Schaefer's favor to end the year, I'd have thought you were crazy. 
Yeah. Like, like, People were, I was very, I was one of the ones that was very high on Washington and they just shit all over themselves. Their, their offense, I think is the huge reason why they've got so bad. The defense is still really good. We got to remember that, but there's just, there's no offense. Like Jimmy Lake's gone. The whole, both these teams are looking for new head coaches next year. So, right. I mean, battle of the interns for uh, the Apple cup. Yeah. I, and we also have to look at Washington state's a team that loses by two scores to Oregon pushes that game, but they've won a couple of games where they really didn't have any business winning them. Mm-hmm. Like it's still a good football team. So I don't think it's a bad bet at all. And I think Washington's kind of really, I mean, it's just down on themselves, honestly, because of how high everybody's expectations were coming into the year. Um, it's a, it's a kind of stinks. I don't hate the play. I hope Washington state wins the game just because I always like, I always like those bigger names just to really shit on themselves. And I've always been kind of a Washington state, like, side fan I, I, I don't know they just always play in these weird games that they win and I think it was bigger when Mike Leach was there I just like Mike Leach but it'll be an interesting game to watch and it's an interesting play yeah and if you look at Washington State's losses they're not bad like they have a, the loss to Oregon like you mentioned BYU by two points Utah who we saw is still one of the better teams in the Pac-12 and then early early to USC that'd be the one that you're like oh it's kind of a yikes but I mean they don't have bad losses but they just pounded Arizona They've beaten Arizona State. They've uh, beat Stanford. They've beaten Oregon State, who's up at the top of that. They've beaten Cal by a ton. Like, they've done what you've asked them. On the other hand, Washington State's lost three straight to Colorado, Arizona State, and Oregon. They've lost to, if you remember, Montana, who is a top three seed in the FCS playoffs. You know, shout out Grizz. Um, But, oh, man, I just – I could never lay points with Washington. I know – I guess I understand why he's doing what he's doing. Right. Um, Okay. Let's go to your last lean. My last lean? I don't have another lean. I got the tasty teaser. Okay. Then it's time for the tasty teaser because the only thing left is play of the week. Dang. All right. Now, actually, you know what? Let's do the play of the week first because it may wow. You're yeah. going to overrule the play of the week with the tasty teaser. It, it was in the tasty teaser before it was – nominated okay okay so we don't want to give it away all right play of the week is in something we touched on earlier it's a it's it's kind of a confusing line to me um maybe we're missing something i hope not but i we really really like kentucky plus two and a half on the road at louisville i think this is a spot where this is another meaningful game for both of these teams louisville's also been in some weird spots this year where they've won games they shouldn't have but also been in some bad spots where they've just gotten annihilated Mm -hmm. kentucky's a good football team we're forgetting it. This is a Kentucky team that was 6-0 and at one point at the highest of highs in their program history. And they still have the offensive weapons that we're talking about. Wondell Robinson, as far as I know, he's still playing. And I'm comfortable with that against the outside um, defensive backs of Louisville. They're awful. So I like Kentucky plus two and a half, and so does JP. Yeah, I do for sure. I think, again, we've talked about matchups and matchups. Kentucky's defense is really good against the run. What does Louisville's offense do best? Run the football. You look at the other side. What does Kentucky do really well on offense? Run the football. Um, and so, like, I just – I like this matchup. I think it just stacks up that way correctly for Kentucky to finish off a really good year, a historical year, if we're being honest, for Stoops and the boys in Lexington. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's as simple as that. Like, you look at the last two years, it's been Kentucky dominant in this rivalry, and they need to cap off this year with a win in a rivalry game. Like, this is the line that everybody's like, oh, gay away from that. But I'm like, just, I'm, I'm trying to follow my intuition a little bit. No, I like, I like Kentucky. Yeah. I think that they're a good football team. People wrote them off. 
after the Georgia game, which everybody's been getting beat by Georgia. It's not even been close. So you can't look at that too hard. They've also lost a game where they really, really should have won late in the game. Um, but they're still a good football team, and I think it's a safe bet, and I like it. Yeah, I mean, Louisville just came off of an absolute shellacking of Syracuse and Duke, whatever. Um, yeah. Okay. Not that too much. I, if we want to talk about if we're beating Syracuse by a ton – and Duke by a ton. I mean, New Mexico State just got throttled by Kentucky. So, <laughs> if yeah. we're comparing those. Um, but, yeah, Kentucky lost a close one to Tennessee, if you remember. They lost um, a game. They lost three straight when they lost to Georgia, which is we all expected, a Mississippi State, and Tennessee. Um, and I don't think Louisville is that hostile of an environment. I think they've faced rougher crowds. So, I'm I'm good for this. Like, I the think only this- thing I'm worried about is we need Kentucky to get off to a better start than they did against New Mexico State. Yes, they pulled away and did what they they were supposed to do, but they was slow at the start. Like that team was, like, was kind of looking up, like, why the fuck is this game like ten to thirteen? They mm-hmm. took care of business, but we need them to get off to a better start than what they did. Yeah, they can't afford to fall behind a lot with this team because um, Louisville can put up points. Blake Cunningham is a good quarterback, but they just can't afford to fall behind that fast on a team that can put up points like they do. So. Right. Okay. I like the play of the week. All right. Time for the tasty teaser. You sure built it up. So give hey, it to Want to know. Hey, one and oh. give it to yep. us. Tasty teaser. Okay. UCLA teased down to minus a half. That is verse or at home against Cal and Kentucky from plus three to plus nine. So it's minus 120. It's a six point teaser. I think it's uh, the juice isn't even that bad, like at all. So I will take that. I think that's a great spot for, um, for honestly, UCLA, I think, is a given in that spot. At I a think UCLA's point. a lock right there, dude. UCLA's yeah. a team coming off a really big program win. Obviously, USC isn't what USC normally is, but they still put up 62 points. Like, yeah, just blew the fuck out of that team. It's just UCLA needs to get stops, but you're just asking for the win the game. That's basically UCLA money line. That's all, that's all I need out of them. And like we just we like Kentucky to win, so why would I not like him plus nine? Right. So and that was in there before we picked it as the play of the week. Um, I may add a third leg just to make sure we're not, you know, stepping on the toes of the play of the week or whatnot. But I think both of them will hit. So um, I'm looking at something else to put in there or another leg of it. But yeah, tasty teaser, man, get on that. It's one and zero. It's on fire right now. And Love play. It. Love it. There's your picks for college football. Obviously, it is rivalry week. It is one of the better weeks in college football. And we are very, very close to conference championships. So teams are pretty much in their identity. And if they're not, then they're not competitive. So that wraps up college football. And that will take us into our interview. Let's jump to it now. We're bringing on a friend of the pod. It is Tyler Walgy. Let's go to that. Okay. We now welcome on a friend of the podcast, a recurring guest, Tyler Walgie. He is a professional sports better and a part of the Sports Betting Daily podcast, formerly known as the Sharp Angle podcast, so make sure you check that out. And he is also one-third of the College Football Tailgate podcast and a friendly, avid college football fan, which we always love that. So, Tyler, welcome back to the show. What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me. And I like how you went one-third of College Football Tailgate. It's <laughs> before this, you know, should we mention the producer should we not? I love oh, that. You know, throw the love. producer. You got to do it. I love it. it. He's working. I love it. it. That's awesome. <laughs> How you guys doing? How you guys been? Hey, we're good, man. We're honestly, we're just trying to get every last drop um, out of the college football season. I know we've been, it's seven days a week and just drowning yourself in all the content and games you can. Yeah. That's me, at least. I know when you're at the game, like, it's a little tougher to do that, but 
it still takes up a whole day. So like, that's all we want is we want every drop, every last day. <laughs> so we're, I mean, we're really excited. Um, Heck yeah. It's a, it's kind of that you were in that spot where it's like bittersweet. Like you're getting to the good parts of some of the season, but you're like, okay, well, we're on the last leg of the regular season and we got to, yeah. You know, well, it's, it's rivalry week. I mean, this is one of the best weeks there is, right? It, it's a great point. It's a great yeah. point. But let's lead it off with something more general. Um, what's your initial thoughts on the 2021 college football season to this point, And what's the biggest surprise that you've seen, Tyler? I mean, the top has kind of gone how we thought. You know, a lot of people did pick Georgia preseason. Uh, I mean, I don't know if anyone thought they'd be this good or this dominant. I certainly didn't. No. But, you know, they're good. Alabama only has one loss. Ohio State's still in it. So, as far as the normal teams who are still in the conversation, not a whole lot's changed there. Um, I like the fact – I guess a surprise or something that's different this year is I've always been pretty – pretty adamant that I don't want any group of five teams in. I think this is a big boys tournament. I think if you mm -hmm. don't play a tough schedule and you don't have games in and out every week, it doesn't have to be top 10 opponents, but the big 12, the ACC, even the PAC 12 in a decent year like this, you go through some teams and some weeks where it's tough, but, but again, my, my, my surprise would be Cincinnati. I think this is the one year where there's not that fourth team where I'm yeah. going to be super, you know, adamant about it. So Cincinnati, as I'm sure you guys saw, you know, a couple hours ago, that they, they got the, the uh, four spots tonight. Are, are, are you guys uh, – uh, did, you, did you check that out? Did you see the rankings? Yeah, first time ever a group of five has yeah. been in the top four, especially this late in the year. Yeah. Um, really control their own destiny because there's upper grabs in the top four spots, so there's not really a way they fall out of it unless they really choke. You would think so. I mean – Michigan and Ohio State, obviously the winner of that, if they go on to win, probably going to be in it. Mm -hmm. And then I just keep wondering about Oklahoma State. Because if Oklahoma State wins this weekend against OU, beats Baylor, who's ranked eighth, they now have a legitimate argument because, again, they have the games to build that end-of-the-season resume, which this committee loves so much. So yeah. I'm not so sure. Like, it seems like it should work that way, right? Where Cincinnati keeps winning and they get in. I'm not so sure that's the case. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if the committee pulls a fast one. But like I said, if there is any year that I would not be upset seeing a group of five team, it's probably this season. I would say like along with what you're saying with like teams that are surprised and things like that, like me personally, I've been, I've had so much fun with the ACC this year for some reason. I love when Pitt's good. I'm a big fan of Kenny Pickett. Um, Wake, it's fun to see them do well. You know, you wish um, Djokovic at Boston College would have been healthy the whole year, and you're like, right. where would they be right now? Um, it's just, for me, like, I'm Clemson is one of those teams that's usually up there, like we're talking about, but it, it's kind of nice to see, you know, the ACC's always revolving door outside of Clemson. Like, teams go up and down just like a G5 conference where it's just a roller coaster. Like, you could be really good one year and really bad the next. I, I think that's one of the more fun things. I think the ACC specifically, I do believe they're getting better. Like, I think that Clemson has had maybe, I mean, obviously a down year for them, which it's funny for me, a CU fan, University of Colorado fan. It's like, oh, that's a down year. That's, I feel yeah. real bad for that fan <laughs> Tough base. for you guys, yeah. Yeah, oh, oh, oh poor fans. <laughs> but, you know, they're going to be back, I think, real soon. I don't think it's going to be very long before they're in the conversation no. again. 
NC State, if they keep doing what they're doing, I yeah. mean, they I, look That's really one I didn't even mention, and I was one. I had their season win total over preseason. I was high on Leary. I really thought they were a good team, and they're like, yeah. in all honesty, they should have in like 10 wins right now if they don't right. lose a couple games. I mean, you know. they look their advanced stats too. You start looking at what they've done and how they've played. They're really, you know, they're doing really well. You mentioned Wake, you, you know, UNC's doing it. And then Miami, whoever Miami hires, that's going to have a big impact on what happens in, in yeah. the ACC as well. Hey, I'll take credit for Parks. Remember, I had a take before the season started. I said Miami will be irrelevant two weeks into the year. <laughs> and if you remember right, they got boat raced by Alabama and barely beat App State. And I really thought I was like, they're not, I just don't believe in them. That was I feel like I feel like some Wake, bad takes, but that was a good one. Wake's gotta be the main focus. Like who was high on that team coming in? What their offense has done this year has been unbelievable. Um, their defense is absolutely no help. They're brutal to watch on the defensive side of the ball. But when you can score 70 points a game, it makes it a fun conference to watch. And that's kind of the difference. Um, and then you got the other side of things, the Big 12. That is just really the top of that conference just didn't pan out. Iowa State, highest they've been ranked preseason ever. And they just kind Tyler of loves, – Tyler loves Matt Campbell. Uh, well, <laughs> look, <laughs> I have always said I think Matt Campbell is way, way, way overrated. I think Matt Campbell is – someone that everyone looks to when there's a hire that needs to be made in the NFL. At least that was the, the case a couple years ago. That's kind of slowed down. They're now kind of mm-hmm. throwing some other names out there. So I think the steam has been lost, but there was a while there. There was a gap in time where every opening job, every Jets job, every Giants oh, job, yeah. every Arizona Cardinals job, it was all about Matt Campbell. And my whole point is I thought he was a little overrated. You know, I think that what we're seeing this season is, is you know, it's bouncing back to who Matt Campbell is. But it's funny, my co-host on College Wall Tailgate, he made a bet with me preseason that for the first time in the history of Iowa State football, they would have a double-digit win season. We made it a bet, and he was so adamant, Matt Campbell. So that's the whole thing. That's why I feel like I have to push back. It's like, okay, can we pump the brakes a little bit? So I don't hate the guy. You know, I think he's a good, not great coach. But uh, I, we did our coach rankings, you know, a while ago. I think I have him ranked 17th, something like that, 15th, 16th, 17th mm-hmm. in that range. So I still think he's a decent coach. I don't put him top 10, but uh, I think there's a lot of other places I would look if I were looking okay. to hire a head coach. Let's, let's lead into coach, coach talk a little bit. And I think this will lead to JP. Speaking of coach talk, I hate to cut you off, and I didn't mean to jump any boundaries with Miami. Whatever they decide to do, they need to recycle. I think they're one of the, the schools that needs to recycle quickly. Yeah, they got a lot going on down there. Yeah, they, they more do. than just a football program, it feels like. feels like right. it's the whole athletic department. Right. Sorry about that, Cannon. No, you're good. Um, just leading into the next question, I believe this is going to lead more towards JP's question of just kind of opening the floor for you to let, it, let us have it. Um, Scott Frost, <laughs> where was he on the coach ranking list? <laughs> uh... <laughs> You know, I don't remember and I don't have it in front of me, which which proves I don't do it out of spite. Which proves I don't do it out of spite. I no, don't he's, he's lying. He's got it pinned up right next to his <laughs> Yeah, like, I'll tell you what, 37. He just doesn't want to tell me. He's 130. Frost, something about him. He's just such a pretty boy. He's just like, dude, you don't belong on a football sideline. He belongs in like a 
like a you know one of those gyms that's kind of struggling but getting by that maybe he knows the landlord and he's got a good backstory so he lets him keep running his gym so that's average who, joe's that, that's it as average joe's that's it yeah. that's what i would hire him at or, or cast him as i guess no look and again the same thing i i i hate no well actually it's not the same thing you know i feel like the last thing we talked about i can look at objectively with matt campbell because i don't really you know I, I don't mind iowa state they're a good football team i can't really be super objective i hate the cornhuskers i just don't <laughs> like the cornhuskers and i would hate him too it clouds my judgment so I can't really be fair. It's like I'm watching a game where my kid just got sucker punched by some kid on the other team, and now I'm supposed to be objective about him. It's like, no, 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 no. no. I just watched him do something. I'm mad at him now. So I kind of have that whole thing with Scott Frost. Is it fair to him? Maybe not, but I don't know, man. It's just like he's he, he they've been in a lot of games. They're they're not a bad football team. They're losing a lot of games, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's a bad coach. I don't know how much longer he has left there. They're the Before best this, bad football team in the history of football. But, they're the best bad team ever. They really are. I mean, they're, they're, a, they're a fantastic, terrible football team. Yes. But I just don't know. Before the season started, there were some, again, my co-host on, on College Ball Tailgate, he's got more of a pulse on what's going on in the Big Ten than I do. Mm -hmm. And he told me that Nebraska and the athletic department was doing some sort of maneuvering to potentially set up to where if they bought his contract out, it wouldn't mm -hmm. have to cost as much and they wouldn't be, you know, as penalized. They fired him. I don't know the details, but there were, they were doing something behind the scenes in case stuff went wrong. So stuff that can go great this year, yet they decided to keep to, to kind of hang on to him. So I think he's probably got a year left if he doesn't start winning games. I mean, what do you think? You, you guys think he's got more than a year? If, if, if they don't make a bowl next year and they go five and seven. Yeah, that see, I next year is where the problem arises. And obviously, Parks will talk to it a little more just with being a Nebraska guy. But being an Iowa guy. I'm sorry uh, about that, Parks. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. It's, it's a tough <laughs> life I live. The Saturday. You can't, you can't play nice with him this week. Iowa plays Nebraska. We haven't even we've, – we've kept that just like the calmest of waters. Haven't even talked on it. Rivalry week, it's always one of those. You, you have yeah. your boundaries. I, I know I know when I play Iowa State and I know when we play Nebraska, you don't say a word the entire week because it does not matter and it's not worth being the wrong. So I love it. I uh, love it. But I think if next year, like you're saying, if they go five and seven or if they sit below, I'd say six wins is fine. If he can hit six next year, I think he's safe. If he goes below that, I think he's really in trouble. Um, think, well, you're setting the bar awfully high over there at the University of Nebraska, aren't you? I think it's eight. <laughs> I think if I, nobody really knows, our strength of schedule is not there next year. We don't go to the Ohio mm -hmm. State. We don't go to the Michigan. And our preseason schedule, sure, shit ain't there. Um, we play Oklahoma at home. Obviously, that's going to be the biggest game by a million. I think our next toughest non-conference opponent is North Dakota. Oh, yeah, uh, go get them. Yeah. Fighting Hawks. <laughs> So you're not looking at, I mean, six wins, I still don't think will be enough, especially in Nebraska. I mean, nine wasn't enough when Bo was here. So fifth still confounded by that, by the way. Yeah, Bo, uh, let's not talk about it. It's <laughs> <laughs> hey, not to make this too, like, Nebraska-focused, but what's the pulse of the fan base? Like, do they expect national championship? Do they expect conference championship? Are they kind of, has the bar been lowered because of so many mediocre years? How's the general feeling for Nebraska fans? Absolutely not. You'll never be a part of another fan base that expects anything less than a national title. 
Um, that's really what it all bases, bases upon. Bowl games, great, the first two years. That third, fourth year, if you're not competing for that playoff spot or in a New Year's Six Bowl, they'll cut you out. They'll run you out. And that's kind of what so I feel like Adrian some, Martinez had. There must have been some really unhappy fans then the last however oh, long because that's – miserable. That has not even been close lately. You know, it's miserable. The last five years have been absolutely miserable. And the couple of years before that, when, in the end of Mike Riley's days, um, they've just been searching. It's, it's, I would love to be in a bowl game this year. That would be great. That's, yeah. how, that's where I'm at. But most of the fans who lived through those glory days, uh, and I'm sure you're well aware of how Nebraska was back in the, those days. Against oh, yeah. oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think those fans are obviously expecting more. Um, but honestly, just we're competitive. Now we got to take it to the next level. But the fan base, the next level is always playoff. The, the, is the national championship. So it's definitely well, something different. But let's You guys talk, got a way to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we got a long way to go. <laughs> yeah. but let's talk about Iowa now. If we're going to uh, talk about favorite teams, let's talk about the number two ranked Iowa Hawkeyes at one point this year. Relax. All right. <laughs> listen, I, I, think, I think I am a pretty reasonable fan. Like, I, I – indulge myself in everything I like to say what I do when we were two I said do we deserve it because of what we've done yes are we the second best team in the country no and I and I felt like that was I thought I don't know I felt like that was like an honest you know fair enough statement now but it wasn't your fault they were ranked two you know I mean hey they won I had to react to it I remember I'm in my hometown just for a weekend and we go to you know like the local eatery or whatnot in the small town it came out in the AP poll that we were ranked two and everybody goes two oh my god and at the time I was like feeling really good about myself and where this team was and I go what do you expect they've beaten two top 10 teams like they're on fire and then I like (laughs) took 24 hours to digest it and I go I mean I know they're not they're kind of casual fans but I'm kind of surprised too but it's an interesting spot I mean they have an opportunity to win 10 games this year in a year I think most people thought seven and five and eight and four was a nor- like right where we should be. They're a lot better than I thought they would be, but but I th- I felt like everyone was really unfair with them because the whole knock on them when they were number two was their offense wasn't doing what a number two offense should be doing, and I mean that was that was probably true on oh, paper. Yeah, 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 exactly. But they were winning, and that defense looked so good, and they were forcing those turnovers. And I know turnovers aren't sustainable and it's not generally something you can predict on a game-to-game basis but they looked the part to me I mean I said it on on our show I I I was like no Iowa's for real I think Iowa's a Big Ten contender this year and I I I drank the Kool-Aid as well so you know I I don't think that look number two there was I don't know (laughs) it was was in that spot it was it was whatever it was early in the year and things that yeah. really happened yet yeah exactly but i but, mean I, I was into them i liked them i i bet on them in and what was the game they lost that that first game they lost purdue purdue i i had them in that game so well, yeah it would have that's, made- that's a tough bet yeah um, yeah. So- <laughs> yeah here's, here's yeah. the deal we're kind of talking about our sides of college football verse we as a podcast i will simply say we're not the biggest pac 12 fans and i'll kind of explain why I don't blame you. (laughs) So here's here's why. We haven't done much. Okay, yeah, yeah, go ahead. We believe that there are probably two, maybe three fan bases out there that are really invested in football. Like when I think West Coast football, I think of like 
you go to the schools because it's USC and people want to go to like USC because it's cool or you want to go to Arizona State because it's the big party school or like and so when I'm watching Stanford beat Oregon and nobody's there and nobody's at these games like we we're pretty heavy in the Midwest because that's what we have like we don't have the professional sports as much and so we're huge into our college teams and we're all in and so we always just give the Pac-12 hell for just not having the all those passionate fan bases. Now every fan base has its group that are like all in and just passionate people. And then they have the casuals. And yeah. But that, that, that's not how you judge a fan base. You judge a fan base based on how full are the stands when the team is, yeah. you know, a three win team. I don't, I we, we shoot on it a lot. And like, to be fair, but I wanted, we're, we're giving you your opportunity to tell us we're wrong. I, and there I'm not, you're, you're not wrong. You're <laughs> not wrong. Look, that is the PAC 12. I've always, I have not liked this conference since Colorado moved from the Big 12. And I would much prefer to be in the Big 12 right now than the Pac-12. I don't like the commissioner. I don't like the way things are going. They moved because of academic reasons and because of money. And at mm -hmm. the time, the Pac-12 network was a huge thing. I've never been a huge fan of the Pac-12. I agree. It's, it's ridiculous. Like, it, people it make sense, though, if you think about, like, style of life out there versus, like, around well, the and it, and it does when you talk about that, but when you compare it to other college football fan bases, mm -hmm. or if I were a recruit, and I mean, they're talking right now about USC and LSU and what's the better job. And USC has history, but if I'm watching on TV right now and I'm seeing those stands and those stadiums and it's empty, that's not appealing to me. I totally agree with that. The Pac-12 is not about football. It doesn't matter in the Pac-12. It drives me crazy that I have to be – the, the, I'm just surrounded by it, it's just, it's every week and it's not yeah. like it's a couple fan bases it's everyone and you know I, this it's the same for my fan base but there was no I went I was at the game last week I got season tickets mm -hmm. it was half full you know it was 60% full that's not what you want to see you want to see people going out supporting the team but you are right and that is a totally different element of it in Boulder, just to use my team as an example, because I know I'm here, Boulder, Colorado, and trust me, man, those stands are filled. When CU started the season, or playing a and even not A&M, it's Pac-12 games or whatever. Mm -hmm. Northern Colorado, it was packed. It, I was surprised during the Arizona game. It was middle of the season. CU wasn't playing for anything. It was packed. So they did okay then. But if you think about it, the Denver Nuggets just started. They're doing pretty well. The Colorado Avalanche are starting to turn it on. You know, there's there's – it's starting to snow in the mountains and a lot of people are going. So there's just a, a lot. You're right. The people are doing, and it's like, Hey, if you're in Denver and you would go up to Boulder for the game, the average fan or the average fan is like, no, I'm not going to. So, you know, I, I agree with you. I, I unfortunately, I'm not going to, gonna defend yeah. the Pac-12 hey, or say it's anything. We just different. wanted it's to not. give you an opportunity to defend it because we give it a lot of hell. And now we, we really get upset with like, not upset, but, like offended like quote unquote when people are like the casual fans and then come at you and try to like get on everything and talk college football or trash talk you and then you're like you're just boiling up inside you're like I can let things fly but I'm just gonna keep it cool like we went down to exactly that's where I was leading to yeah we went down to Fayetteville this year we, we do like a destination game a year oh, that's cool we, yeah we went down to Fayetteville to watch Auburn Arkansas and and I think when we went down there like you expect this SEC atmosphere you expect this just grand showing and to be completely honest with you we were very underwhelmed and okay. i don't know if it was because parks what do you think it was because like it was where we were seated that probably didn't help we were up in the upper top like 300 level 
well, it, sound first of all, I will say their stadium setup was weird. They do both sidelines are like all the way to the top full, like normal college football. And then both end zones are all club seating. So there's nobody there. So like nobody's really on top of the game. It wasn't that loud. Nobody really was invested in the game. And it's just so different than what we're used to in the Midwest, mm-hmm. like we were talking about, that it's really tough to like invest. Like nobody's invested down there. Nobody's like, here, they're always yelling, go Big Red, if you're walking around at tailgates. In Iowa, it's always, go Hawks. People are drinking. People are having fun. There, it's kind of more like a, like a showing to be there. Like a, social, like a social yeah. occasion. Right. I, I don't know why. Maybe we, we went on a weird weekend or something. But, like, when I walk by a guy and he yells, whoop, and nobody says anything around him, I question the fan base, right? Yeah, yeah, that is interesting. I didn't uh... – Wow, that I, I didn't know. I mean, I'd never been to a game down there. I, I've never experienced something like that. So that's really interesting to uh, to hear. I would have thought yeah, it'd be I would very different. Fayetteville off the list. I would go somewhere. <laughs> I, that would be my advice. I think okay. All right. Well, noted. Yes, yeah. and and it's really cool. Where they're competitive, so it was just so different, and that's just kind of how college football is. But enough about the logistics. Let's get into the betting. You're pro sports better. We're here to talk betting. We're a betting podcast. What's the tips going into rivalry week? What do we need to be looking for on the board this week? Oh, boy. Tips. I mean, just I, – I, look, you ha- you, I guess a couple of things. You can't approach rivalry week any different than a normal game. So don't let it throw you off your game so much thinking that just because it's a rivalry game, you can abandon your normal process and say, ah, oh, I wouldn't normally take this game – uh, you know, uh, at all. But since it's a rivalry game, I love it. So just be careful with that. You want to kind of stay the course. However, rivalry games provide a lot of a lot of volatility, and rivalry games provide a lot of uncertainty. So your listeners may not want to hear this, but in general, if you're betting a lot of money, you may want to <laughs> avoid weeks like rivalry week. You know, I mean, it's just again, it's not the best, but to, for projections, because what you look for in sports betting is can I predict what's going to happen? That's the essence of it. And yeah. if you're talking about more volatility, well, by definition, it's harder to predict what's going to happen. So I'm always wary about these games. You know, I, uh, I, I kind of lean with, and I don't know if we're going to talk specific games or anything like that, but I kind of lean with a couple of teams this weekend. And it's like a normal bet on a normal weekend. I'm, I may make three fourths of it or something like that, just mm-hmm. because it's a little bit different, but, but that's the thing is there's more volatility don't let it change your approach. You know, I, I, I've noticed a lot of people approach rivalry week as if um, it's, it's a different sport. They're, they're doing right. something completely different. It's not. It, it, the same things were happening. If you get a good rush defense against a, a bad rush offense, you know, short of – Things don't change that much. It's still a good football team. Generally, things don't – you're exactly right. Generally, things don't change that much. Now, I've seen one-win teams upset – under you know nine win teams in rivalry week all the time but we've seen that happen outside rivalry week so sometimes what happens when you look at data and again you guys may not like to hear this you guys may want me to hype up rivalry week and everything but when you look at data sometimes or sometimes when you look at data what you'll find is that these upsets happen just as often outside of rivalry mm-hmm. week than they do inside rivalry week but when it happens during rivalry week, we put a lot more attention and focus towards it and say, oh, it must have been because of the rivalry. Right. When in fact, it happens at the same rate it happens anywhere else. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we're looking at the board and we're, 
I kind of I listened to your episode for the week, and I was like, I kind of wondering, you know, where he's leaning and what he's looking at. Is it weird that we all like Kentucky and Mississippi State? Well, um, <laughs> that never is a good sign, to be honest. Yeah. Whenever I tell my buddies, and I know you guys are a little sharper than my buddies. But whenever I tell my buddies a game that I like, and all of them are like, oh, I love that, but me too, me too. I'm like, damn it. Yeah, like, must be a- right now, like that. if our coach, Schaefer, if he told you that he likes to play, don't listen. It's, <laughs> on a- it's the Schaefer curse. Hey, he's, he's, on a, he's on a little cold one right Dude, now. We love you, Schaefer, but damn, man. It is a cold it, month. It scares me, though. It scares me that everyone's on Kentucky because – it seems easy, but that to me is such a – the reason I like the Kentucky game is because there's so many reasons to bet it. When you can stack reasons like you're kind of building a case, mm-hmm. that's when I really like those games. And, I mean, it's, it's the matchup. It's the fact that, that Louisville this season, when they've played – I like to look at, uh, well, a lot of different stats, but the stat that I often refer to is uh, PFF College, Pro Football Focus College. Mm-hmm. when Louisville's played teams this year, graded 75 or better rush defense, that's happened three times. They've scored 24, 24, and 13. And those numbers may seem high, but that's pretty low for a team who scored 62 just last week. Yeah. So Kentucky is one of the – I think they're 16th in the country, for, according to PFF College. They're, they're going to be one of the best rush defensive teams, again, according to those mm-hmm. metrics that Louisville's faced. I know Louisville's not just some heavy rush team, but a lot's predicated on that. And when you look historically, or at least their last couple of games this season, they've really struggled against teams who do well what, what uh, the Wildcats do well. So I think it's a matchup edge. It's, to me, a power ratings edge. There's just a lot of reasons to bet that game. Do I love that everyone's on it, the whole world's on it? No, I hate that, but yeah, I'm still I, going for we it. We were just talking about it um, time traveling, like in our podcast um, that we recorded. I earlier. love talking about time travel. Yeah. <laughs> and we were, we were talking about the same thing. It's like, you look at what, you know, Louisville's done. It, to me, the offense boils down to Malik Cunningham and can he carry it and like develop, you know, can they make this game plan to a point where he's not feeling everything on his shoulders and a lot of games they have, like it has felt like that and they want to run the ball, but they want to be up tempo. They want to get going. Kentucky's seen that multiple times this year. Like, they went and played uh, an air raid in Mississippi State. They played Tennessee. Like, they've seen really good explosive offenses, and they've held their own for the most part. But they themselves had the ability to run the ball with, you know, all the weapons that Kentucky has. I saw it as I believe in this offense and this defense, and there's edges on both those sides, like you're saying. Like, the edge to Kentucky and the ability to stop the run is so big. And then you stack on what they're able to do running the ball on offense against the Louisville defense that's been exposed a couple times this year. Like it just felt like it felt like that line was maybe Louisville's at home, that little overreaction to last week. You know, Kentucky kind of fell off the map once they lost a couple games. Like things like that is kind of what we saw it as. But it, yeah, I, I mean, Kentucky play of the week, play of the week. Okay, I love that play of the week. <laughs> No, you know, everything you said I agree with. And, and, you know, the one other thing is they're really fast on defense, something that they generally haven't had lightning speed in the SEC on defense. And they're really fast this year. I think they're going to be able to counter a lot of what Louisville does. I mean, look, the only, again, the only reason why it scares me is if, if this is so true, why haven't the sports bettors with millions of dollars hammered this so Louisville's a three-point favorite? Yeah. You know, so that's, that's where I'm just like – 
again, I like it. And I love how it's the play of the week. Let's go. <laughs> Come right there with you. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. I'm on, the, I'm on uh, Kentucky, too. Okay. Two plays. You just tell me yes or no. And I already gave them out, and I'm riding them. They're already in. Yes, no game. All right. <laughs> LSU plus six and a half at home against A&M. No. Eh, wrong answer. It's a yes. How can you say no to Death Valley at night? I mean, I just – I think LSU is reeling right now. I just don't trust them. And uh, I think they're not going to be able to slow down. I think their defense is going to struggle a lot. So, that's just – that. that's – look, I love LSU. I love Death Valley at night. But I don't think it's always about – the location and when you're playing at night, you know, I hear this all the time, even in the NFL, it's like the, the Seattle Seahawks 12th man. Right. It's like the only time you hear that is when the Seattle Seahawks are good. You know, it's like, if teams are good, they're going to win at home. If teams aren't good, they're not. And LSU has, it, this is a spot where I think they're going to struggle six and a half. Also, that's a little bit to work with. They got a little hook. I went by Tutty, you know, so let's go. I, I'm on the six and a half. So. Okay. And then the other one, Arizona state minus 20. Yes, that has got to be. Mm, those big spreads, rivalry week. Yeah, people forget Tyler's about not a big last year. People forget. He doesn't like to lay the points if he doesn't have to. I don't like laying the points, but Arizona State's lost a couple questionable games as of late. So, not only is it a rivalry game, which you know, Herm. Oh, Herm, Herm the germ. He's going to be doing something pregame that's going to get him fired up. Yeah. <laughs> but they had the extra motivation because of what's happened recently. So. I'll lean with I'll lean twenty. We'll we'll, we'll swallow the twenty. Whatever. Okay, I like. I mean, you got to look at. Remember last year, seventy-seven to seven, that game ended up. Yeah. No. No. Absolutely. But I mean, I know. I know. I know. And it's not like. Yeah. No. We'll we'll take him. We'll we'll okay. take him with the twenty. All right. Let's open you. it up to you then. What is the play? Well, my favorite was Louisville, or excuse me, uh, Kentucky. Whoa, whoa, don't oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, yeah. no! Edit it. Edit that out. Weed me out. Come on. <laughs> That's um, going to be the jinx. If it loses, it's coming back to this. God, this is not going to be popular because of history. And a lot of people go to history for these things, which I don't generally hate. But mm-hmm. I'm, I like Oklahoma State. I think three and a half is not a bad number. Is it still three and a half? I haven't checked it today. I've seen three and a half today. Yeah, it's it's or I haven't checked it as of late, but it, it's staying pat on that number. I think that's a really valuable number still. I think people are afraid about this because what OU's done lately. And I understand that when coaches get the number of other coaches, what they like to do, generally it's not a recipe to bet on. But Mike Gundy's shown this ability. I think Mike Gundy may be the most underrated coach in the country. I think Mike Gundy's a great head coach. And I just think that at home with their offense. I know they're a little banged up on defense, actually, but at home with the way they've been playing, I just – this is the year that I think they get it done. They've got a lot to play for, the motivation. You know, this is the year I think the stars align for uh, the Oklahoma State uh, Cowboys. I understand Oklahoma, like I said, they've done what they've wanted to offensively, and that is, is, is a concern, but this is not the same OU team. Lincoln Riley, I don't think, can just snap his fingers and make them start executing those – medium deep plays they're not executing on right now Oklahoma State's way too efficient on defense uh, so I'll take the pokes minus three and a half yeah we we usually as a podcast are not Oklahoma fans like at all we're just like our buddy Schaefer was just there last weekend for Iowa State Oklahoma and he he was just like yeah I mean 
that should have won the game. There's opportunities. And it felt like that entire year when you're looking at Oklahoma. Like, they had a lot of opportunities to lose a lot of games. And when you look at Oklahoma State, they're just sitting under this radar until this week. And now they're coming to the limelight. Everybody sees that line. People are moving it. To me, when you look at Oklahoma State, is if – can – do they trust Spencer Sanders enough? Do they – you know, do they have the offense to – if their defense maybe has that one lackluster spot or quarter, can they catch up? Like, can they, you know – bring themselves out of a hole because maybe they haven't had to do that as much, but they have shown ability to score points. You know, the last a shutout last week and putting up 23 and the week before they put what 60 on Texas tech or on uh, TCU. So it's like, there's a lot of spots where it's, it, you're right. The history of that rivalry is just like people are looking at Oklahoma and like, why are they underdogs or, you know, things like that. No, I know. And I get that perspective. Like I said, I, I, I look, when I first saw this line, <laughs> I was I, I I thought that it was pretty generous for Oklahoma State, but honestly, guys, a little you know, a little secret for for you know, a little secret, but a little you know, how I do my stuff is I I don't spend that much time doing the the you know handicapping game by game because a lot of the work that I do is already done. So I'm just doing a lot of plugging in. I'm doing a lot of you know, seeing what the, you know, the, the computer spits out. And then I do a lot of my homework and stuff from there. Um, but, you know, I think that after I did all that and I got to the final process, it's like, no, this is a valuable number. So it seems, I get what you're saying, man. I thought the same thing. It's like, this seems heavy. This seems like we're going a little overboard for the Cowboys here, but I disagree. I think there's a little value on the Cowboys, but that's the essence of this, right? That's, that's why it's so fun to disagree. And, to, and that's why there's a lot of money coming in on both sides and staying at three and a half is because a lot of smart people are putting money on both sides of this bet. And, and it's one of those where it's, but would you agree with me with this? The tougher side to make is probably Oklahoma state, even though they're looking much better this season. hundred you know? percent. It is a hundred percent. The tougher side to make like, I think if you're looking at it just from like a casual fan's perspective, like we were talking about, like it's like Oklahoma, Oklahoma, but if you're able to dive in and like really, if you're, you know, not the casual or the regular fan, like, and you watch all this, you're like Oklahoma state's defense is different than it has been in the past when they said they've been good. Like it's a different animal this year. It feels like, and they're, you know, a year more under Spencer Sanders, they're a year more um, experienced and things like that. And then Oklahoma's done the opposite where you thought they would skyrocket even though they've winning games, right, like right. it feels like I kept thinking. So I just kept saying, just wait for it. Just wait for Oklahoma. They're going to do what Oklahoma does. And it's not like they entirely haven't. I mean, it's not like they've fallen off, but yeah. it feels like a plateau. Right. Right. But, but if there is a, is a year and a time where they're going to lose, I, I think it's going to be this week. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, oh, well, I, I, I do have one more that I really like. Um, uh, it's, Going over to your guys's hated part of the country, so maybe you guys haven't uh, talked much about this. Maybe play? it is a Pac-12 play. So there you go. We're okay. gonna go Washington State plus one and a half against Washington. This is another one where uh, I bad thought news. Washington State. Bad news. That? Bad news. Schaefer has this. Oh no, the Schaefer curse. All right, <laughs> I'm off of it. I'm off of it. No, I'm just kidding. With it. Look. I, I love this play, man. Washington State has – this is a good Washington State team. If you look behind the scenes at what they're doing with the coaching staff, with, with these young receivers, like they are really getting better on a weekly basis. And Washington is reeling right now. I mean, mm-hmm. the coaching staff, it seems like they're inconsistent now that the head coach has gone on a week-to-week basis. Obviously, they're dealing with all those distractions. And it's not like – 
sometimes when you see the head coach get fired or there's all that nonsense going on, it's not always actually the worst thing ever. Sometimes you see programs button up, they look okay, they win some games, at least stay competitive. Washington's gone the other direction. They just lost to, to the University of Colorado Buffs, which is, let me tell you, you got to play very poorly if you're going to do that, okay? They gave that game away. They did everything. They, you know what it seemed like? It seemed like Washington collectively bet against themselves. They're like, oh, shit, we're winning this thing. we got to give this back to Colorado yeah. at the end. That's what it seemed like. So they're not a good team right now. They are not who I want to bet on. By the way, on the other side, a motivated team in a rivalry game as an underdog where they shouldn't be? No, I, I like Washington State a lot this weekend. So, Hey, the Apple Cup, all-time name. It's an all-time You know, and, and the apple is a, it's an underrated fruit, right? The apple gets – Underrated. It's Absolutely. so underrated. But people walk past the apples because they think that, you know, apples are normal. You know, who buys apples? A good Granny Smith, there's yeah, almost nothing like it. Yeah, there isn't. And you don't get um, the big apple. You don't get that out of nowhere. Apple's <laughs> underrated fruit. Apple's um, real underrated. It really is. I love that comment. Apple pie. Come on, Nate. There's not a lot of pies. We're getting close to Thanksgiving. Pie. I love my apple pie. Exactly. I would say I would say frozen grapes over any fruit. You freeze your grapes. I got now a that lot. That seems of like that. it could be dangerous. I'm a very oh. fast eater. Do you ever? Uh... No, you can't eat these fast. You get a brain freeze. It's not huh. good. You got to eat them like half by half. I, I mean, I gotta say, I, I've never tried it. I've never tried that either. That's Trust not. Trust me, a... it'll change your life frozen grapes okay you guys ever have a really good pear really fresh oh, juicy yeah. pear i haven't had a pear in a long time for some reason you know i thought of that because i had a pear recently like a couple months ago whenever pears were in season for the first time in years it was delicious I'm like i'm gonna start i'm gonna be a pear guy from now on we need more pear guys <laughs> we need more people like that <laughs> and oranges count as fruit I think so, yes, yes. And uh, put that up there, too, because they're different than normal oranges, and they're way Okay, okay, okay. I'm <laughs> into it. We somehow we up on fruit. That's <laughs> what we got here, because we were talking about sports betting. Um, but I will go back really quick to the Oklahoma-Oklahoma State point. I feel like this is one of the points where rivalry comes into play, because you're looking at an Oklahoma State team at an all-time high, locking their spot in the Big 12 title game. But this game still means a whole lot to them. Whether or not they've locked in their spot and they've done what they've done, they're still playing Oklahoma and they still have the will and want to play this game. I don't think you see them shy away from going for it all at all. Well, and that's the thing is I use the analogy, if you're the little brother and you've right. been beat up for years and then finally you're big enough and, and quick enough and, and fast enough to beat your older brother, you're going to take it easy on them. You're going to say, Hey, remember all that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fuck you. Here it comes. Yeah. So I think that's what we're going to get. You know, not only does Oklahoma State have the motivation, they've got the team and Oklahoma's a little wounded. So it's the scenario and the situation to where I don't think they're going to hold back at all. So I agree with you. I think rivalry does come into play here in a positive for the Cowboys. They're not going to overlook this. And if anything, it could be more of that positive to where it's like, Hey, we, find, we saw this this year in the ACC with Clemson, where they're a little down, and a lot of teams took advantage of that. Mm -hmm. I think we see that this weekend. Love it. Okay, JP, lead us off with our final question. End us out. Yeah, last thing. I kind of want to get a little prediction out of you. So I want to hear your four right now. If you, You're going to predict the rest of the season in your head. You're going to give me the final four standing at the end of conference championship week. What four do you think are in? You don't have to give me one, two, three, four. Just no, I'll, go, I'll go the extra mile for you. I'll go okay. one, two, three. Let's do some, let's get some content here. All right. All right. So we'll go number one, Alabama. After beating Georgia, I think okay. Alabama will get the overall. High. 
overall one seed. Wow. Number two will be Georgia, who slides down after that being their first loss of the season. Okay, I promise you guys, I'm not trying to be Skip Bayless here. I think this is going to be – we didn't talk about uh, Michigan-Ohio State. I think this is going to be – I don't know why. Like, this is – don't do this. This It's better. Do not follow this advice. (laughs) I I just have this weird feeling, okay? This goes against – I just – this is one of those where I go, I got that feeling, man. So, trust me, it's like a pizza game. That pizza game is where you just take whatever you spend on pizza that night and bet it. So, just just not a big deal. A little pizza game. Don't get pizza. make Make a sandwich instead. It's your pizza game. So, I just think that this could be the year that Michigan does it and Michigan upsets them. So you're swinging for the fences in your top three already. You got, but here's the thing: you got to have me back on when this is exactly correct, and you got to give me some kind of prize. Okay, you got to get, you got to do something. Hundred percent. We we will have the whole thing planned out, but you got to give us four. You got to tell us who's okay. All right, here, here. First, first, let me just give you the the one that would make sense. It would go Alabama one, Georgia two, Ohio State three. Cincinnati four. Okay. That's okay. the one that would make sense. The, the, I'll give you a bit of a hot take one. The second one would be Alabama one. This still counts up for prediction. Okay, guys. Still counts. <laughs> okay. Alabama one, Georgia two, Michigan three, Oklahoma state four. That would be fun. I like choice two better. Although I will say, I think Cincinnati almost has a better matchup with Alabama. Than who? Than Georgia. What? Yes. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You think that Cincy matches up better with – wait. So, you think Cincy has a better chance to knock Alabama off than Georgia? Yes. This year, yes. Oh, you've got to defend yourself on that one. You've got to defend yourself. <laughs> well, we've got to look at what Alabama's done. They're almost lose to Arkansas at home. Honestly, a 10 times more competitive game than anybody thought. They almost lose to LSU at home, a team that you just touched on being not very good. And then you have a team that lost earlier in the year. We forget it. This team has one loss. This isn't the normal Alabama. It's a team that does skid. And if they have that skid night and Cincinnati plays up to their competition, kind of like last week when everybody's high on SMU plus 11 and a half, and they just absolutely take it to them. Who knows what the Cincinnati team does, but Georgia's always been that team. They're, they've kind of separated themselves. They're the but, only but ones that's that the, dominant. But that, but that, to me, is almost why you want to buy low, sell high, is Georgia hasn't had that hiccup. They haven't had that week. And let's not pretend like Alabama doesn't have the talent to right. flip that switch. And so I think what's been going on with little Nikki Saban over there, being all sneaky, no one talking about him this year, I think they're getting better week by week. They're working on what they need to work on. And I think they're going to surprise. That's, doesn't that sound funny to say? Alabama yeah, football like is yeah. going to surprise – right? They're going to surprise a lot of people here in a few weeks. So I, I think that Alabama is really good. I think that – look, I don't know about Cincinnati. I think Georgia may, may give every team in the country their best shot. So I like we had to say there with Cincy. And you're right. They're very, they beat Notre Dame this year. Like, yeah. Since he's a good team. And, and then they and, did beat Indiana, which was a big, uh, decent game at the time. Knowing what we know now, right. Right. it is what it is. No, I don't know. Those are, those are my final four or uh, any, any variation of it. We can maybe switch it up and pretend, I guess, uh, let's say Oklahoma State makes it. Maybe you guys can do some editing work and, and help yeah. me out there. No, I, I, I truly hope for the sake of just the college football world that the folks get in. I think it would be awesome. Um, I – I think that would be awesome. I think Cincinnati, you know, I'm kind of gone back and forth on. Um, I think Ohio State would be fine in. I don't know what I think about Georgia, Alabama yet, like you're talking about. I haven't really looked that haven't far. Got there yet? No, I just Jordan. Jordan, what do you? What's your final four? What do you got for your? Have you Have yeah, you decided so yet? Have you? 
if I had to go right now, just like predicting the, out the rest of the year, I'm going to go, I'll keep Georgia at one. I think Ohio State stays at two, although I do think they get a true scare. If they don't get it this weekend, they'll get it in the conference title game. Like, I don't think that they're going to continue to blow teams out like that. Um, and then I would put the Big 12 champion if they have one loss. So, like, your Oklahoma slash Oklahoma State. I think it would be Oklahoma State because I don't think – I think if they win this weekend, I do think they'll win this weekend. They beat Baylor. They got one loss. They'll end up jumping to Cincinnati or – I mean, technically, they jumped Cincinnati and move into three, and Cincinnati would stay at four. Um, but, man, it's tough for me to say Cincinnati's in. I could see them, honestly, like doing a committee thing and putting in Notre Dame. But right. I, would, I would say right now I would go Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma State, Cincinnati is okay. what I think. I like that. Park, and there's bias. What do you got? Uh, I'm, I don't, I'm not buying in. I don't think Alabama wins in the SEC title game. So I'll take Georgia. I think Alabama drops out with two losses. Um, and then I'd say Ohio state, and then I'm hoping it goes Cincinnati, Oklahoma state. Okay. Okay. I'm into that. And then, Hey, by the way, remember how we talked about everyone's on Kentucky. Mm -hmm. I love this Alabama bet. You guys are on Georgia. My co-host is on Georgia. <laughs> everyone. I like that. I like to be the only one on Alabama. I'm okay with that. Go see if Alabama loses this weekend. Why are we If they get through the Iron Bowl, that is, yes. Yeah, they got to beat a Bo Nix-less uh, Auburn team. Yeah. yeah that's true. So. Who just lost to South Carolina, by the way. So yeah. that's another team that's absolutely fell off the wagon because they took it to Arkansas when we were down there. We didn't they did. mention that. Bo Nix had a day. Yeah, you lose Bo Nix, though, this season. A Bo Nix this Arkansas is like showing up to picture day without your front tooth. Not going <laughs> to be good. Tough. That's true. Very true. <laughs> but All right, we talked about everything college football. We got some picks in there for you. Tyler, we appreciate you coming on, as always, and we'll definitely have you coming on here with hockey being the main sport. And it breaks our heart in a couple weeks when college football wraps up. He shoots, he scores. <laughs> Top shelf where the peanut butter goes. Hey, thanks <laughs> so much, guys, for having me on. You take care. <laughs> Okay, we'd like to thank Tyler for joining the show again. Um, always fun to have him on. Um, there's not much left in the rest of the show, right? That what we, that's what we're focused on in college football. We break a lot of things down. However, the NFL is important because it is Thanksgiving tomorrow, and there's something I always do, and I will always do it, even if they are 0-8-1. I am taking the Lions. <laughs> I am taking the Lions plus three at home against the Bears. I always bet on the Lions on Thanksgiving, and they always play better. The bet may not always hit, but they always do play better. Um, the Stars just scored, so let's go. Um, love that play. I love the Lions plus three. That will be my NFL play of the week. And then the Cowboys play the Raiders at night. Not touching the Cowboys. Not Fuck that team and fuck the Raiders. So I'm not touching that game, but give me the Lions. JP, do you have a play in the NFL? I don't have a play. I have you know things I'm looking at. Um, I kind of like Green Bay at home against the Rams. You know, Green Bay just lost a heartbreaker to Minnesota. Um, it's a pick 'em. If you're honestly, I don't know. I don't know why I like that. I just think it's tough for an LA team to come up to the frozen tundra and play a football game. So I like that. Um, I also like Baltimore minus three and a half against Cleveland. So, fair, fair picks. And I think Schaefer had some. He for some reason he really liked some games this week. Do you have them with you? Yep. He no. said Falcons, Chargers, Packers. So Packers. I was on the Packers as well. Um, He's a fan of the Chargers, and he's also a fan of what do you say, Falcons? Yes. I, he said, oddly enough, I like the NFL, and it's Atlanta and Jacksonville pick them is the line. I think that's why he likes it. He's just going against Jacksonville there. Um, 
as previously mentioned, he's also on Green Bay. And if we're really like kind of diving into Schaefer's NFL plays, he's been against the Broncos here. And yeah. Like, but minus two and a half Chargers Broncos, and he's betting against them. So I mean, that's it's a tough thing to do as a friend. But what a guy, you know? What are you gonna do? He's he's in a hole. I should let him do whatever he wants, right? Right. <laughs> he, the kid's digging. The kid is is down bad. Schaefer, if you're listening to this, hopefully you got some winners in you. Um, we're we're rooting for you on our side. Yeah, we are. <laughs> um, okay, let's go to the NHL. Um, we'll wrap up with those picks. Do you have anything? Today's Wednesday, if you're listening to this, so we have those lines. Obviously, there's no games on Thanksgiving. This ain't the NFL. Mm-hmm. Friday, the lines aren't out yet. That's just how hockey works. So these are plays for tonight and tonight only. So do you have any Wednesday NHL plays? Yeah, Wednesday, I'm looking at a couple things. Um, I like – I don't know. I've gone back and forth on these, and there's a couple plays where I'm like, man, that would make a lot of sense. But I, I do like this one. The Islanders are minus 120 at home against the Rangers-New York-New York matchup. The Islanders are struggling a little bit. they got to get back on the right path. I think it's not that bad to play um, a minus 120. Like, we're playing in a teaser. I think we can lay money line with the hockey team that's supposed to be playing better and better hockey. Uh, I like that one. I also like if you're looking Wednesday night. Oh, man, I I don't know why some people are on Vancouver right now. They're just not playing very good hockey. Um, I got a three-way parlay um, that includes Washington minus 206 at home against Montreal. Mm -hmm. I like that play a lot. Montreal is struggling. They're just not the team they were last year. Um, I have over five and a half in the Blues and Red Wings game. The Blues are a team that have skidded since their start. They started the year five and oh, a team that everybody was really, really high on. They fell off the table. However, Detroit, they put up a lot of goals, man. They score a lot of goals. It's a team that's found, like, kind of lost their way late in games. They get up six, seven um, to four, and they somehow lose the game eight to seven. Like, it's just always high scoring. They have the offensive weapons. They're a little bit of a young team still searching for their identity. Um, so I think that gets into a little bit of a shootout, and there's some goals in this game. So I like at least six goals to be scored. And then Edmonton minus 245 at Arizona, Arizona, nobody gives a shit about hockey, and the Coyotes are still the worst team in the NHL by a million. Are they the worst team in any sport with the best branding? Yes. they got to be close, right? UNLV's up there. They've got to be close. Uh, UL Monroe. Yes, but they're not even bad this year. No, but traditionally. Yeah, they're fucking horrible traditionally. Uh, Yeah, that would be interesting. Worst teams with the best branding. I feel like it's we got definitely, definitely the Coyotes, especially with that new the new logo being the primary, mm-hmm. unbelievable. Great branding. They just can't win hockey. Uh, I also like under six and a half Philly, Florida. Now I know what you're saying. Two teams that can score the puck, but here, here's the deal. Like you're kind of looking at it, laying that whole thing out. Philly is currently playing tonight. I don't think um, it's a bad pick. Philly, you're but, looking at Philly down three to nothing. They play a good goalie. They don't put up very many goals. Good hockey team. Is averaging less than two goals a game for Florida right now. Florida's a really good team. They play really fast. Philly has been, you know, kind of up and down throughout the year. I think six and a half. I mean, anytime you get six and a half, you lean under. So I think I'd take under there with Bobrovsky. I don't know. I four like one, five. four one Panthers final score. 
That's what it is. That's what it's, it's going to be. be. Five one, and I'd still win. That's why I like it so much. Yeah, what's that? That's got to be minus what one twenty five. Uh, I don't know the line real now. I'm just looking quick off something. Um. Okay. I, I bet you it's probably one twenty five. It's it's a safe pick. I like that pick. You're looking at a Florida team. Your only scare there, my only scare there, would be Florida putting up six goals. Like that hockey yeah. team is very very good. And they give up zero, and we win. That's true. That's you still win there. And the Flyers do not score on good goalies. Okay. That pretty much wraps up everything we wanted to touch on. Um, did you have any more closing thoughts, picks, leans, anything going into Turkey Day? No, and all like it, it's going to get to a point where we're going to start jumping into NHL and college basketball a lot harder. I know there's some people that want to hear more and more about that with that getting started. But man, I'm not going to like squeeze. I'm not taking out of college football. I'm not fucking leaving. I'm going to, I should have said I'm going to squeeze the juice out of college football every last drop I get of it. So that's going to be my main focus. That's where I usually um, do my best in the betting world. And so I'm going to stay with it and I enjoy the hell out of it. So, um, and maybe we'll get more into the NFL when college is done and slowing down, but yes, when it becomes easier to bet, then I'll do it. Love it. Love that. <laughs> okay. That wraps up everything. You've been listening to episode 44, 44 of these damn things down. Um, we appreciate you and we will uh, see you next time. What's playing us out by the way. Well, you pick, I want you to pick. I didn't have anything prepared. I'm you thankful play. for you and what you do for the podcast. You choose. Um, I do have, have absolutely no idea, but I'll close this out with some sort of Frank Sinatra to bring us into Turkey. Ooh. You're going with family. Um, enjoy your family time. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Deuces. Not going to lie to you guys. Couldn't find any Frank Sinatra online. So here's some NBA young boy. Thanks for joining us. If you happy, I know that I should be alright. Cause this tragic and I can't sing for the side. And I think I just, I should leave. I just, should I leave it long? I, should I try or just, I can't lie. I just, I be one for the cry. But I'm caught up with these hoes, they gon' follow. Ballin' like a ball of blocker. Every time I catch my feelings, lock them in the bottle. And you probably find my heart somewhere lost in the bottle. Don't know who I want, you the one I want. Mm-hmm. Never said I don't, that's that money talk. Drunker than a skunk, it go down in a room. Choppers in a trunk, baby, this is my tone. But I need your love, like right now, baby. Turn me down, tell the truth, I just might spare. Get pulled around, laugh, I just probably bust the ass. And I think I just, I should leave, I just, should I leave it on I? Should I try or just, I can't lie, I just, I be one for the crowd. But I'm caught up with these hoes, they gon' follow. Ballin' like a ball of blocker. Every time I catch my feelings, lock them in the bottle. And you probably find my heart somewhere lost in the bottle.
time I catch my feelings, lock them in a bottle. And you probably find my horse somewhere lost in the bottle.